it's not quite as rosy a picture as something we're talking about, and that's climate change. Oh yeah. So, you know, right now everybody's worried about price performance. However, like nature does not care whether we're in a recession. I'll get the, the the numbers wrong, but I recently saw a stat where the number of billion dollar or more weather catastrophes in the United States between like 1970 and 2000 was like, let's just say it was five. I, I don't know what the number is, but it was something like five. <laughs> and then the number of billion dollar weather catastrophes from like between like 2000 and, and 2022 was like 20. Like it's four times more. So that comes from two things. Like one, we're building more infrastructure, so there's more stuff on the ground to do damage. But also, those, all these weather events are getting a lot stronger. And so, you know, Antonio, kind of what you were talking about, where you know, where AI can say, you know, hey, you know, human person, you need to look out for this. Like one of the problem areas we need to train that AI on to look is like around climate change and what can we do and how to, you know. Um, anyway, that's that's a topic that I think oh, we should spend a minute it's, on it. It's a, it's it's, a fantastic it's, topic. Absolutely. It's absolutely crucial. Like I'm I'm in the other window. I have to be. I you know by by any stretch of the imagination at the request of Googlers. I, I might add in New York in April, and the user interface that shows it to me does tell me how many dollars it costs, but it also tells me how many tons of CO2 that travel costs, and I can sort by co2 instead mm -hmm. of by dollars so like that's like one tiny step of which there are thousands that have to be implemented not just in the sort of the you know the pure analytical space what's going to happen projections and prediction models and the rest but how do i put control back into buyers and users and participants in our systems so that they can select the kind of lowest carbon footprint option in a given context. I think it's going to be a change that happens in lots more systems than just air travel. Yeah, I think we're going yeah. to have to figure out uh, the other part is is getting a lot of that weather information uh, in in large scale environments and making it available. Right? It's not it's not easy if you run your own on prem system to work on twenty five petabytes worth of weather information. Weather information is very very large and very voluminous when you start looking at historical information. So if people want to develop and build their own things, I think this is where, you know, big systems uh, like this and uh, public data sets, right, with weather information. That's a plug, by the way. I do work on public data sets at, at Google. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're bringing in a, a lot of weather information uh, into, into our public data sets as well. We're making it a big focus into 2023, um, specifically sustainability. So we're working with various government agencies around the world um, to, to do that. And I think that that's important, right? It's difficult, I think, for individuals companies to do that piecemeal one by you have this massive amount of data duplication you know petabytes here petabytes there petabytes there uh, when you can centralize access and, and get good access to quality high quality data to make a difference it's kind of an intersection of a bunch of things we we're talking about but let me throw out a plug to the creative folks who are listening to this there is a massive entrepreneurial opportunity here right because in entrepreneur business schools folks talk about disruptive change Right on. So governments are trying to figure out what disruptive change they're going to make. Like, what are all the reporting compliance rules? Like, what are we going to have to do? Like, governments are still trying to figure this out. Folks like Antonio and me, we're creating infrastructure, right, Miles and 
Michael, you guys are helping folks do this, but there's this massive gap in the middle, which is government comes out with new regulation X, and then companies have to scramble their butts off to figure out how to meet that, and they really don't know when those solutions are going to be out there. So, you know, I think this is a very ripe area for innovation, disruption, startups, et cetera. Is there a problem that we're creating, though? So we've got so, so Antonio's over there in public data sets, like amassing all of this data. Chad in 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 data analytics product management is creating these tools to analyze that. We're going to run AI training models on this stuff. Thousands and thousands of people all day, all night. That compute is hot. It is energy consuming. It eats rare materials out of the ground, right? How, how do we uh, address uh, the concerns I, about the problems that we're creating as we're trying to solve the problems? I, I have the answer to this, my good friend, and it comes from a just a gangster, an actual cloud gangster named Joe Cava. Joe Cava stayed up late and got up early and wrote this contract called a power purchase agreement. So if you know your Google and you can see this future and anticipate that you're going to use an incredible amount of electricity to be able to solve these kinds of problems, you're going to do everything you can to try and make it so that that power footprint is environmentally sound. In fact, because you know your demand in advance by a huge margin, right? You can pencil it out on a graph as Google grows. You can commit to that consumption in advance. That's exactly what Joe did. And in doing so, made it so that green power in the United States is incredibly inexpensive. Right now, building a new solar array is the lowest cost per kilowatt power type in the country, which was just not the case like five, six years ago at all. A lot of that stood on the back of being ready to use Google's enormous fiscal environment to be able to direct the build out of those kinds of systems. And other companies are following suit. They participate in the same PPA structures, use their purchasing power to help motivate the development of this kind of green energy. The result for Google, first party, is that they're operating in a carbon neutral way. So if you're doing this in a bare metal data center someplace on your own and you aren't part of a PPA agreement and you don't know, have any idea where the power for your data center comes from, moving to Google is an efficient way to make a difference. Uh, but, I, but I also think that the big central systems are invariably going to do a better job of operating more efficiently to begin with. Some of these things just are more efficient at size. So there's a number called power utilization efficiency, the PUE number on your data center. If yours has like a number after the decimal that's not a zero, uh, then then something's gone terribly wrong and you probably want to look around at a cloud provider. I, I've got an idea, but I bet it's an idea that others have already had. So it's like that. It's like, so, so a bunch of us are musicians. It's when you wake up in the morning and you're singing a song to yourself and you're like, dang it, I think somebody else already wrote that. I'm going to say it anyway. Miles, you were talking about booking a flight and being able to see on there, here's the carbon footprint. Chad, in data analytics, there's already great tools in there that say, hey, um, uh, when you run this query, it's going to take this long. It's going to process this much data. There's already great tools in Google that say, hey, you're maybe running a virtual machine here that you could shut down half the time and save some money. Can we get a carbon footprint into, into indicator on things like AI learning compute jobs mm. and then let people make smart choices that are not just around how fast can I get it, but how can I make sure that I'm making that I'm not making a negative impact in my goal to make the world a better place? 
Yeah, couple couple things to say here. A, we've started doing stuff like that. Like right now, if you're choosing a big query region, you can pick the one with the lowest carbon footprint. Like we actually calculate that and show that to you. So already have the, the idea. Okay. <laughs> well, props to the team that that launched that. There's more yeah, that they can yeah. do with it. Um, so in Miles, you were talking about PUE, like tagging the production team a little bit here. I just put the article that describes Google's PUE ethos and results into the chat here. So that'll be available to folks watching it. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive how efficient Google in particular, their, their, data, centers, uh, their data centers are. <clears throat> then the last one I'm going to say to you, Michael, to your original question is like, so how do you answer this? Like, hey, I want to do a lot of analytics work to figure out how to combat climate change, but that in turn is gonna use a lot of energy. I'm gonna say, go for it, right? Your results are gonna be worth the effort, and here's why. Um, there was recently a New York Times article about something called green hydrogen. And this is folks, uh, BP and a company in Australia called Fortescue Metals, who are building massive solar and wind arrays in the outback in Australia to create electricity to break water into hydrogen and oxygen, to then use hydrogen as fuel for the vehicles that are running around doing mining or locomotives and whatnot. So you know what, let's do that and we'll figure out how to generate cheap electricity in the places where it's gonna be consumed. Um, so anyway, without being a climate scientist, I'm just gonna say like, we will, like, you know, as humans, we'll figure out how to make that energy and make it clean now that it's a priority. Your, your guess yeah. is that there's gonna be a climate ROI right, on, on the cost of doing the analytics to get the advances in the science that we need to solve the problem. And I think, I think today is the worst time that you could possibly do it, right? Like every day if you're going forward, it's going to get easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper and greener and greener as the whole industry orients itself around this problem. And it's not just industry, right? Governments are doing it too. So the Inflation Reduction Act has you know, it says on paper that it's 200 billion in incentives. A bunch of analysts have done the math and they think it's probably more like $800 billion in incentives uh, over the course of just the next several years to help with green tech and technical analysis and energy efficiency and power efficiency and heat pumps and every other conceivable tech. We think there's going to be a bloom of startups working specifically on those problems. And, you know, where better to do that than on Google Cloud, where, you know, the footprint's already being uh, being operated in an efficient way. So I, I'm really excited about our part in kind of helping push those little new startups, fiery, feisty folks that are trying to help uh, stem the tide of this thing, maybe slightly fewer storms and slightly more successes on the, on the commerce side too. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey all the way through um, in, in terms of, of how Google ourselves, right, deals with sustainability. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I think is, is difficult to sort of explain just how important it is to, to Googlers as a whole, right, and to Google as a company uh, working towards sustainability. It's something that is pretty much in everybody's mind, right, as we go through and we build um, infrastructure, as we build tooling, as we build our products. Like, how do we make it? Uh, so that sustainability is as uh, front and center. How are we making this so we're not wasting CPU cycles? Not just the monetary aspect of it, but 
the better bettering of our our environment, right? I, you know, a lot of us here, we have children. I have a child. I don't want my child to grow up, you know, with a gas mask, you know, going out in in having smog days or whatever it is, right? That that we have to face, right? Or climate days. Um, and this is something that we take very seriously. I think as a company, I think a lot of people do. I don't think that's just like a, a Google thing. Um, but when we build our products and we work towards these goals, we do it for the betterment of humanity. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you, Chad, for bringing your insight and wisdom. Uh, looking forward to our next conversation. Should be fun. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.